Hello and welcome to the Travel Curious podcast with Toriosity.com. I'm Georgia Darrell and this month's podcast is all about the magical city of Berlin, Germany's capital. I'm a huge fan of Germany having grown up there until I was about 15 but the last time I was in Berlin I was seven years old so today I'm delighted to be joined by Berlin's top guide Sebastian Bonfiglioli. Hi Seb. Hello, how's it going? It's going really well, thanks. Thank you so much for joining me today um, and giving up your time to share some of your secrets with us. That's all right. So Seb, first of all, you don't have a very German surname, Bonfiglioli. Can you tell us a little bit about your own background and what brought you to Berlin? Yeah, so I'm a bit of a bit of a mutt, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> my surname is Italian because uh, that's what my dad's, side of the, my dad's side of the family is. Uh, my mum is actually half Irish, half German, and uh, I was born and grew up in Spain. Wow. But then but then shortly after, moved to England, uh, where I lived for quite a long time, which is why I don't sound very Spanish whenever I speak English. <laughs> uh, but uh, I came to Berlin in 2010. Mm-hmm. My plan was to spend the summer there, and it uh, became a long summer because six years later, I'm still there. So <laughs> I didn't want to leave. Amazing, amazing. Um, so what's... What's kept you there, Seb? I mean, Berlin's famous for so many things, of course. It's um, its history, the Nazi era, cabaret. And today it seems like one of the coolest capital cities in the world. So I'm sure for all those reasons you've stayed. But can you tell us a little bit about where you live and what kept you in Berlin? Well, what kept me there was uh, perhaps not just one thing alone, but just a collection of things. I sort of realised, because I'd lived in London for a long time, uh, for about 10 years, that... Um, in Berlin, it was everything that was a little bit kind of annoying or difficult was really easy in Berlin. So first of all, rent was at about a third or half the price. Mm. At least when I first moved there, it's gone up a little bit since then. Also, it just had a very creative, lively cultural scene. It's not too big. You know, you sometimes feel if you're going down central London on a sack, you can't move. So you never get that feeling of not being able to move because there's so many people in Berlin. There's loads of parks, green areas everywhere. Uh, nightlife's really good. The beer is the best <laughs> in the world. So, you know, a little bit of everything uh, just sort of adds up. Yeah, what's not to love? To make it a great place. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I live in Schoenberg, which is in which is fairly central in Berlin. It's very close to the to the zoo, which is um the which is the largest collection of species of anywhere in the world, that zoo. But Schoenberg is also known as the gate district. Um but it's also a really nice area. Um it's where David Bowie used to live where Christopher Isherwood, who wrote the novels that uh, eventually became the musical Cabaret, uh, used to live as well. So I live just in between David Bowie and Christopher Isherwood, actually. Wow, that is so cool. You're now my new hero. Now, Seb, you've been a tour guide then since since 2010, is that right? Yeah. And what would you say to, to people who are planning a long weekend or, say, a week uh, to Berlin? What would you sort of recommend that they see and take in? I think they should, before they get to Berlin, try to think a little bit about what it is they want to see because there's so much stuff to see in there that uh, it just depends on what era that they're interested in. If they're interested in doing, you know, in learning a bit more about the Nazi era, you can spend a whole day just with that. You can go to the former SS and Gestapo headquarters, you can go to see where Hitler's bunker was. Or if you're more interested in the Berlin Wall, mm. then you can go to see, for example, Checkpoint Chuck, a place called the Palace of Tears, which was also another checkpoint. You can see uh, the memorial to the, there's actually three of them, memorials to the unknown Soviet soldiers that died taking Berlin. Uh, so you can spend a whole day during that. If you're more interested in the alternative culture, 
then you can spend an entire day between Friedrichshain and Kreuzberg sort of looking at big street art murals and popping into little cafes and vintage shops. So um, there's even a former abandoned hospital, which has now been turned into an art gallery. And that's the sort of stuff that Berlin has to offer. It just depends on what you're interested in and how much time you have. Wow, fantastic. And is Berlin easy to get around? How do most people yeah. get around in Berlin? Yeah, very easy. Out of, um, out of all actually, I know maybe two or three people that have a car. Gosh. Because most people just get around using the public transport, which is very good. It's quite affordable as well. If you're going out Friday night, Saturday night, it's 24 hours. Um, also, getting around on a bicycle is sort of the locals' way. It's a very flat city, very bicycle-friendly, loads of bike paths everywhere. Mm. The one thing to worry about that you do have to remember is a lot of people come to Berlin from countries that don't have bicycle paths. Um, it's that the Berlin Wall used to have a no-man's land, a death strip, and the Berlin Wall isn't there anymore, but the no-man's land still is. It's called the bicycle path. Wow. Don't walk onto it because they will show you no mercy. Gosh. <laughs> wow. All right. Sorry. Not to scare people away too much. Not to scare people away too much. <laughs> Absolutely. And Seb, how is, I mean, Berlin's obviously had a, a pretty traumatic history, really, and it's famous, I suppose, for its quite alternative social scene. How does its kind of history impact its its present feeling, I suppose? Enormously, yeah. I mean, part of the reason why Berlin became this uh, sort of anarchists and punks and hippies and dropouts little area was that, of course, um, during the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, this alternative culture was based in West Berlin. Right. And West Berlin was completely surrounded by the Berlin Wall, West Berlin was actually inside of East Germany, so it was quite far from West Germany. And uh, people referred to it as, a, as an island of democracy inside of Soviet territory, which is what it was. And so it wasn't really a very attractive place to live uh, as a result. I mean, who wants to live surrounded by the enemy? So what ended up happening is that since it was very cheap to live there, especially in places close to the Berlin Wall, it just ended up being where all the artists and dropouts and punks and hippies and so on started moving. And so West Berlin was a little bit of a freak show. It's, I mean, it's why David Bowie sort of really loved it when he came over to visit. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden the Berlin Wall came down in 1989. Of these, you know, artists and bohemians living in West Berlin suddenly realized that East Berlin was now even cheaper. In fact, it was full of abandoned buildings that could just be taken over and turned into squats and art galleries and that kind of stuff. And so that, you know, the wall has had a really profound impact on the sort of alternative culture that Berlin is very famous for. You were telling me earlier before we started recording that it doesn't really have a centre. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So it's one, one of the things that confuses a lot of people. Uh, I mean, there is a district which is called the Central District. It's called Mitte, which literally Mitte. But even so, I mean, Mitte is where it's sort of a historical centre. It's where the Brandenburg Gate is, the Holocaust Memorial, where Museum Island is. It's where if you go on a basic tour just to see to take off a lot of the highlights off your list that will be a tour of Mitte but the thing is Berliners don't go to the Brandenburg Gate every day so if you're wandering around Mitte around all of these tourist attractions actually um, in terms of proper sort of life that the locals live they don't really go to that area as much. Mm. Um, so there's different centres for different things. Mm. If you're interested in nightclubs then you go over to Friedrichshain and 
um, to the north of Mrs. Prenzlauerberg, which is just really beautiful cafes. And um, it's uh, Prenzlauerberg used to be the really grungy, slightly dirty, but in a cool way district about 15 years ago. Mm. So the cool kids moved there. Yeah. Now they became cool parents. <laughs> and uh, I've, you will never see as many babies anywhere in the world as walking down the street in Prenzlauerberg. Not even in so Clapham, in uh, London. <laughs> no, no it's, um, it's quite, uh, it's turned quite yuppie, really. It's, uh, there's right. a street there which is called uh, Schönhauser Allee, which people call it Silicon Allee, because now it's Prenzlauerberg is a bit of a hub for, you know, tech startups and that kind of stuff. And, right. uh, you know, there's also lots of organic supermarkets and yoga lattes classes and uh, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Excellent. So on that note, is, is Berlin quite a family friendly city then? Yeah, it is um, very, fam- very family friendly. There's loads of green areas everywhere, loads and loads and loads of parks. You're never more than about a 10 minute walk away from a green area where you can sort of relax. Um, and it's also a very, very safe city. You know, I, I, I used to live in Neukölln, which was uh, quite a poor part of Berlin. It's come up a bit since then. It's now full of hipsters. But And even then, I'd walk around by myself at 2, 3 in the morning and nothing ever happened to me. And I was never really too worried. So it's a really, really safe city, which is another one of the little things that add up that I like about Berlin. Yeah, absolutely. And just in terms of people visiting Berlin, so it's, it's clearly got a huge array uh, to offer visitors, whether it's just for a weekend or a week or even two. What about getting uh, out of Berlin on a sort of day trip? Um, have you got any recommendations for that? Yeah, you've got loads of different options. Um, you can go to, for example, the town of Wittenberg, which is where Martin Luther posted up his complaint, so that's where the Protestant Reformation starts. That's an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. You can also go, the best option for a day trip would be Potsdam, uh, which is sort of the Versailles of Berlin, mm. where the German emperors had all of their you know, getaway. I mean, obviously, the royal palace was in Berlin, but if they wanted to get away from the court a bit, if they wanted to relax, they'd go to Potsdam, which is a really idyllic location, parks, lakes, gardens, and um, there's uh, something like seven or eight palaces there, which wow. are the sort of get palaces of the royal family. They didn't really like each other. One thing about the German royal family was that father and son were usually very, very different, enacted different policies, hated each other. So when the son came to power, he thought, well, I can't live in my dad's palace. I have to build a new one. Gosh. So that's kind of why there's so many of them out in Potsdam. Wow, that sounds fabulous. And is it easy to get out of Berlin, easy to get to Potsdam? Yeah, Potsdam's really easy to get to. You just hop on the S-Bahn, which is the, the regular kind of public transport train. Yeah. Um, just take the S7 line all the way to the end. It takes about maybe 35 minutes or so. Fabulous. Seb, thank you so much. And the last thing I just wanted to chat about is that, I mean, Berlin to me sounds, it's being an actress and obsessed with cabaret, um, I've always longed to go there and I haven't been to Berlin since I was about seven years old. Um, and you were, again, before we started recording, you told me a little bit that they, they put on a cabaret every year. Is that right? Yeah, I'm not sure when it's going to start. I think it usually starts somewhere around spring, but it goes a few months. Yeah. Um, there is a place called the Teepee, um, which is uh, actually very close to where Angela Merkel, the German chancellor, lives. Mm-hmm. And um, they have it on, I think, most nights, I think pretty much every night, a musical production of cabaret. 
Uh, I've been to see it twice, and it's uh, really special to actually see it in Berlin, obviously. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Berlin in general just seems to be this very, very creative, arty, slightly alternative city. And I, I imagine probably quite low season in January, February. I know it gets pretty cold in Germany. But um, what's it like over Christmas? Oh, Christmas is really nice. Uh, it's the one part of winter where you know people do come out and everyone's quite happy to see the Christmas markets. Yeah. Um, there's uh, something like 80 of them throughout the city uh so uh, you can also sometimes uh, if you come in during christmas time do christmas market tours drink lots of blue vine sort mm, of hot wonderful wine. and how hot does um, it get in the summer uh, it can get really hot actually last year august was beautiful it was uh about 30 degrees and sunny pretty wow. much every day beautiful. i think we had one day where it was about 37 degrees wow um but it's quite humid in berlin as well so you do really feel it um when when it gets hot yeah it, yeah and then, really and, then, and then it plummets in the winter doesn't it yeah although the good thing is that well, it doesn't have a beach nearby although the beach is a day trip away it's about maybe two and a half hours to get to the beach on the train oh, wow. but there's something there's hundreds of lakes within oh. about a Within about 100 kilometers of Berlin, there are hundreds of lakes. Wow. And there's actually quite a few even within the city itself. So you can always find a spot to cool off during the uh, during those hot days. Gosh, it sounds absolutely magical, Seb. I'm going to be calling you up when I need a break from Rome. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, really, what is it that keeps you in Berlin, do you think? What, sort of, what are the sort of general things that you really love about the city? Well, I've, I've sort of had a thought about where else I would live, and I can't really think of it has the same sort of package Mm. Yeah, we've been talking a little bit throughout the uh, our conversation about this sort of alternative culture and that kind of stuff. And um, one thing that is interesting about it, whenever I do have friends coming from London, I just sort of say to them, OK, you're spending, what, three or four days here? Spot the suits. Try to find people wearing a suit. And they spend three or four days here and they never see anyone wearing a suit, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. And that is because there's not really that many jobs in you know, big industries and finance or corporations or anything like that. The mayor of Berlin, the former mayor of Berlin, Klaus Overwrights, summed it up best when he once said that Berlin is poor but sexy. Cool. So, what do you think is a perfect length of time to visit Berlin? And if you were visiting, where, which district would you stay in? Well, I'd, uh, I'd always say to people on my tours, don't stay more than two weeks because then you will never leave. <laughs> But um, to really get a good feel of it, I think you need at least four days. I mean, if you do it in three, if you kind of press the time, you'll you'll see a good deal of it. Uh, I reckon probably at least four, maybe even do one of those as a day trip, go out to Potsdam or something like that. Um, and uh, as far as regards saying, again, it just depends on what type of person you are. If uh, you, well, uh, I mean, Mitz is always a good option just because you are in the middle of it, as the name implies. Um, but uh, probably my favourite district of Berlin is Kreuzberg, which is just a bit south of Mitte, and that's the traditionally going back to the 80s, really, and even today the very sort of artistic area of Berlin. Yeah, and uh, and and the club scene is pretty alternative there, isn't it? Yeah, so Berlin has um, some of the world's most famous nightclubs. There's actually people that come to Berlin just to go to the clubs. They don't really do anything else, which is which is a bit of a shame. But uh, if you're into that kind of stuff, you can do it just as a clubbing holiday. Yeah. Um, there's very famous nightclubs like Bergheim, for example, which is uh, probably the, um, well, it's been voted several times. I forget by who. It might have even been Time Out, but I could be making this up. 
Oh, five years in a row, it was voted the best nightclub in the world. And uh, they open on Friday night and they close on Monday morning. Wow. Just walk in at Sunday lunchtime and, uh, and go straight in. I actually used to uh, have a friend who, the thing is, if you try to go to Bergheim at two in the morning on you know Friday night, it can often be quite a long line. Yeah. And then you can be turned away anyway. The bouncers are famous for their selectiveness. No one's really sure what the criteria are. They seem to make it up as they go along. <laughs> I, heard, I hear people get turned away looking them. too smart. <laughs> also, looking too nice it, we, will probably not help you. Right. Um, so, you know, looking a bit, it's meant to be a city of starving artists, so you should look a bit like that. Like a um, and, um, but if you go at two in the morning, you might have to line up for an hour and then be told that you're not getting in. What I, I used to have a friend that would get an early night every Friday, wake up at about six in the morning on Saturday and then go to the club. Fantastic. <laughs> Brilliant. Seb, you've made Berlin just sound such an extraordinary, amazing place to, to visit. And um, I shall be giving you a call when I come and visit in the summer. <laughs> I can visit. Absolutely. Seb, thank you so, so much for joining us today. It's been really fascinating hearing your stories about Berlin. Um, and I hope it's whetted our listeners' appetites. If they would like to take a tour with you, how do they get in touch with you, Seb? So uh, they can just write to me at my work email address, which is Seb, S-E-B, guide, as in tour guide, berlin at gmail.com. Seb, guide, berlin at gmail.com. Altogether, uh, no no capitals, nothing like that. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Seb. And uh, and of course, um, through toriosity.com as well. Seb, thank you so, so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day and uh, hopefully see you this summer. All right. See you then. Thanks so what an incredible, diverse, bohemian city Berlin is. With so much going on, both in and outside the city, you'll get so much more out of your trip with a guide to take you through it all. As I'm sure you can tell, Seb himself is in very high demand, so do make sure you book him early. And if, like me, Seb has inspired you to take a trip to Berlin, do check us out at toriosity.com to plan your very own itinerary with us. If you're a curious traveller, Join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag TravelCurious. We always love to hear from fellow travellers and our Instagram stream is full of incredible photos from around the world, including Berlin. That's it for now. Have a very happy Easter and see you next month.